Shalom, shalom to you. Thank you for joining us today at the Chai Academy. If you are new to the Academy, then we try to give a few times a week a half hour class on some topic of interest. This particular course we're studying now is on self-help. But there is his Jewish history, um, there is uh, Kabbalah, there is holidays, there is uh, reflections um, of, on ethics and beliefs, etc. There's so much. Judaism's view on idol worship, reincarnation, resurrection, etc., etc. So we're in the middle of a self-help section. If you're not new to this, welcome back. So each class is self-encapsulated, and but the course, the overall course, is called self-help. And um, in our previous self-help classes, we've talking about we have talked about defining ourselves. Um, there was not Eileen. Um, we talk about defining ourselves and um, what's the best way to define yourself, know yourself, so you don't have, you can limit your depression, anxiety, melancholy, and um, and and etc. Know your boundaries, know your personality, know your strengths. Um, just say no. Um, today's course is going to be essentially on how how to not only manage pain but also transform it and um, easy said than done granted in in Judaism we have a term for hard work it's called avoda 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 means hard work yes this is an avoda this is not just a hobby um, you know, in general, prayer is called avoda, and the reason why prayer is called avoda because it's not easy to pray every day. It's not easy to pray three times a day. It's not easy just to, you know, get up there. It's an avoda. Yeah, avoda means you push yourself and you work through it. So, hope you enjoy this class because there's there's so many pearls of wisdom that I have studied in preparing for this class that um is just 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 amazing. So I'm going to lay the, the, the story and so we can understand how to manage and transform pain. So the story is as follows. Joseph, you know, with the Technicolor dream coat, Joseph was sold into slavery by his brothers and he was brought down to Egypt. There, through some um, luck of fate, um, it wasn't luck, it was it was fate or divine providence that he rose to prominence. Once he rose to prominence and he was able to bring his family from Israel, from Canaan to Egypt, so they wouldn't die in a famine. The background here is Jacob has been living in Egypt for 17 years and he now is getting ready to pass on and his final, um, his final blessings to his children. So he blessed all the tribes. He gave them each their 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 um, you know direction, their directive, etc. But prior to that, Joseph, remember, who was estranged from his father because he was a slave in Egypt, brought in his two children. So he brought in Manasseh 
and Ephraim. And Jacob was hard of sight, um, and, and his eyes were dimmed, as the Torah says, and Joseph says, these are my children, please bless them. And he placed the older child right opposite the right hand. The right hand is the stronger hand, um, symbolic of a stronger blessing. The left hand he, and he placed on Ephraim, the, the younger child. And the Torah tells us that Jacob switched. The right hand, which is, which is the go-to hand, the stronger hand, the go-to hand, um, he, 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 he placed on the younger kid, and the left hand he placed on the older kid. The Torah tells us that Joseph said, oh, no, 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 that, 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 what are you doing? What are you doing? You know, this is, you know, and he tried to move back his hands, and he said, avi, please, it's not, this is not the correct thing to do, right? So Jacob says, Jacob refused to move his hands, and he says, I know my son, I know. But he, pointing to the younger son, is going to be greater than his brother. Now, we can only imagine what was going on in Joseph's mind, right? Jealousy, because you were father's favorite pet, led to trouble, right? Jacob loved Joseph. He made him a special coat. The brother says, ah, oh, you know, he's, he's, he's daddy's pet. And they hated him. We know jealousy, by the way, Cain and Abel, right? That was jealousy, right? We know Isaac um, and, and Jacob and Esau, that was jealousy. Isaac and Ishmael, that was jealousy. It's all, right? And and Joseph was saying, oh my God, not again. Oh, please, not again. Don't, don't pick one over the other. Please, 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 please. But Jacob was steadfast and Joseph had to let it go. And Jacob said, they're both going to be great. But this one, Ephraim, is going to be greater. Right? So, and, and then he continued to say that your two children are like my two children. Any children you have after that will be my grandkids, but these two children are mine. And therefore, they're going to get extra land in Israel, which Joseph said, oh my God, he's doing it again, right? They're going to get extra land. And, um, and, 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 and why? He gives the reason because they were, they were born in Egypt. Um, and and it, 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 it flies in the face of logic of Joseph. No, this is the older kid, this is the younger kid. And why? Why they, he said, why they, why they be treat, being treated as your kid? where the next kids that I have, the future kids that I have, are not going to be. These kids you haven't seen, you haven't, you didn't know them. You didn't even know they existed till, till a couple of years ago. You didn't know they existed. You weren't at their bris. You weren't at their hair cutting ceremony, pigeon up band. You weren't there at their marriage, no, nothing. And yet, oh, they're special to you. And you give the reason because they're born in Egypt? How about, the, how about the, the, the grandchildren that were born in the Holy Land of Israel? Why? So, why did he switch his hands? Why give them extra land and favoritism? Um, because they were born in Egypt. And the other question, which we can answer immediately, because it doesn't have to do with the classes, why not bless 
why not bless Menashe, the older kid? You know what? You should be better. You should be greater than your younger brother. Why not? It, why do this? Why not just give a stronger blessing? The answer to that one is a blessing just, just draws out what's in there. A, a blessing just draws out the potential. If there's no potential, then a blessing won't help. Right? If you, if you, um, you know, if you stick a syringe, a needle, and and you take out blood, what ha what happens if you stick a a, a needle in 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 sheetrock? There's no blood because there's you know. But I'm trying, I'm trying. A blessing will only will only come to fruition if there's potential. If there's no potential, then it then it's a blessing. And Jacob, being the prophet he was, he did not see that that he should give this blessing to the older kid. He gave him one, one type of blessing. Then Jacob told Joseph that from here on in, people are going to bless their children. May God bless you like Ephraim and Menashe. So, and, and Friday nights, Yom Kippur, we all say, every parent says the same thing. We bless our children. May God make you like Ephraim and Menashe, which is the paradigm of a blessing. Right? Why? Why? Right? Why not, why not Ruvain? Why not Shimon? Why not Levi? Why not this? Why not that? Why Ephraim and Menashe? So, to answer these questions and to flesh out the theme of our class today, which is transforming, managing pain and transforming pain, we have to go back to the beginning. What happened here? Joseph was kid number 11. Joseph's mother died when he was nine. He was bereft of his mother. Benjamin was much, much younger. Benjamin was number 12. But Joseph really felt the loss of his mom. He was nine. And his father took him under his wing. His father made him a coat. The brothers at 17 years old sold him into slavery. 17. Right. And it wasn't so simple because they sold him to slavery to the Midianites, the Ishmaelites, and they beat him. And, um, you know, and they finally dragged him down to Egypt where they sold him to Egypt. And he was sold into servitude for the rest of his life. You know, there's a movie, 12 Years a Slave. This was lifetime slave. And while he was a good slave and good at what he did, and he was in his master's house, he was a slave. Slave, it's servitude. It's not, he wasn't uh, emancipated. He was basically working, incarcerated um, under this person. Then the unthinkable happened. He was accused, and he was innocent. He was accused of attempted rape, violating this woman, and he was thrown into jail. And he and, and the Torah tells us it was a pit, it was a dungeon. Yeah. And he was in jail for how long? And if you know, he was in jail for twelve years. Twelve years. And he finally someone saw his worth and they brought him out of prison. Okay? An extremely, extremely hard life. Joseph rose to prominence. He became the viceroy. He got married to, to his former master's daughter. 
and he had two children. This was in, during the, the um, he had children during the year, seven years of plenty because you were not allowed to have children when there's, when there's um, a famine, a, 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 in a world famine or severe famine. So, and the Torah tells us, and this answers the whole question, all these questions, and also gives us an, an incredible direction. The Torah tells us that he named his first kid Menashe. Why did he name him Menashe? The Torah tells us that he said, I'm naming this kid Menashe, Hinashani Elohim at Bet Abi. Because God has made me forget. Made me forget my father's house. Um, first of all, how could he forget? In fact, when he saw his brothers for the first time, the first the first thing he says by Yaker, he remembered, he recognized. And he kept on asking, is my father still alive? He didn't forget, he, for, he, remember, he remembered everything. He was 17, he wasn't a baby. So what does it mean God made me forget my father's house? Also, what a name. What a name to give your kid. You know, you name your kid, hey, I'm gonna call you Nashani because that means forgetfulness. Right? And by the way, you know, in, in Hebrew, the Gid Hanoshe is, is the sciatica, it's called Gid Hanoshe. The, uh, it was the, uh, dis disassociated. I right? disassociated from, uh, um, you know, from the thigh was disassociated. It was, it was. So God made me disconnect from my father's house and made me forget. But I was once, I was once on um, in Fire Island. And I, there was this little cute kid talking about names. There was this cute kid, curly blonde hair. And um, and I said, "What's your name?" He was a kid, you know. So his mother, I don't think the kid could speak, or maybe he could. The mother said his name is Peaceful. I said, wow, wow, that's an interesting name, Peaceful. And she said, he's named after his grandfather, Shalom, which means peace, Hebrew name, peace. So named him Peaceful. Here, here he didn't name the kid Peaceful. He made him, he, made, he, he, he named him Forgetfulness, right? Memory like a sieve. <laughs> Your name shall be called a, a, a uh, forgetfulness. So that was a, that's the set, that's the first name. Then he had a second kid and named him Ephraim. And what was Ephraim? He Hifrani Elohim, because God has made me fruitful. Two kids. One is forgetfulness and the other one is fruitful. So just, just, just to discuss, by the way, names that we have, and especially we're taught Hebrew names, um, are reflective of the soul. So they may seem arbitrary, Yaakov, Abraham, Adam, and they may seem, but they're not. They're not. They're the energy of the soul. They're, 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 there's a lot of depth to, to, to these names. So he named the first one forgetfulness, and the second one he, he named you know, um, fruitful procreation, right? That was the second one. Teaches us great lessons. Joseph, right? He had a tragic, tragic life, as we said, as we discussed, a tragic life. 
right? He had every right to be cynical. He had every right to be angry, depressed, jaded, re wanting revenge. Um, he, he, he was probably at the point where he had cried so much that he had no more tears. When he saw the brothers, by the way, he cried again, which is very telling. It wasn't just emotional blockage. He, he, he did, you know, when he, he did see his brothers, he did cry. So he, he had, talk about PTSD, oh my goodness. This is, you know, he had, he had every right to have PTSD. Lost his mother nine and sold in jail, incarcerated, accused of rape and beaten and just, just terrible, just terrible. Even in prison, right, people didn't do nice things to him. But we see that Joseph, he wasn't jaded. He wasn't depressed. He wasn't angry. He wasn't cynical. Basically, if you ask Joseph what type of a life you've had, Joseph would say, I have had an extraordinary life. Right? Anybody else, most people, in Joseph, lived the life of Joseph, would be so severe such severe trauma they would have such emotional blockages they would be just so removed from society they would be you know agoraphobia they would wouldn't trust people and etc etc but joseph not only was he not that and not only did he have a, just a regular life he led an extraordinary life the way the way Joseph viewed his life, we can tell from the first kid, Menashe. He forgot. He completely, completely let go. Right? Joseph didn't, as hard as it was, Joseph didn't view his life as one full of obstacles. Joseph didn't view his life as challenges, right? Joseph viewed his life, every step of his life, as an opportunity. That doesn't mean he didn't cry. That doesn't mean he wasn't hurt. That doesn't mean, but he just, he just went with it. It's a very telling, the rest of that verse, when he named his child Manasseh. He says, God made me forget the house of my father and all my troubles. Right? He didn't forget his troubles. How could you forget his troubles? He let them go. He did not allow these troubles to define him. Right? The way, the way it's explained in Judaism, that Joseph's attitude was he let these troubles his attitude was, these troubles, tr troubles, suffering, happen to me, but it is not me. He refused, he refused to, to, to let it define him. He refused to become bitter. It was an abode, it wasn't easy. But he refused, absolutely refused. He said, you know, and he told his brothers, I, I wasn't I, I wasn't sold to Egypt, I was sent to Egypt. I'm I'm a man on a mission. Right? Big difference sold 
and sent. I'm a man on a mission. I was sent by God here every step of the way. And he, and he told the brothers after the father died, right? They said, oh my goodness, he's going to take revenge now. He goes, well, I take revenge. What are you talking about? This is all divine providence. I was Everything that happened to me was supposed to happen to me. So it did not let him destroy him. We all have things in our lives that, that can, can really hurt us, right? Change us as people. Now, I think if it changes you for the good, that's great. But if it changes you for the bad, if, if it blocks you up, if it stuffs you up, right, then that is not the correct way to be. Right? I, I think I've told you about the, 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 the um, there's a book called The Happiest Man on Earth. Right? So many concentration camps. He escaped from this one and this one. He escaped the death march. And, right? and, and, uh, and so many people in his life died. But he said he, he, he moved to Australia. Um, Abe Jaku, his name is, Jakubovitz, and he started a whole new life, became very wealthy, and he wrote a book at 101 or something, The Happiest Man on Earth. It didn't let the Holocaust define him. Now, a Holocaust survivor, I don't know if, I don't know if, it's, it's, that's not easy, right? Uh, you know, if you know Holocaust survivors, they toss and turn in their sleep. I mean, it's a terrible thing what they live through. Right? But um, there you go. Be, not one, but two cancers with that attitude, Susan writes about her husband it, it, it let's put it to you this way he got bruised he got beaten but a bruise heals broken bones heal so too he allowed his mind to heal his emotions to heal in fact this is one of the reasons the Torah says a Jew is not allowed to get a tattoo because a tattoo is permanent. A bruise heals. Right? When you get a tattoo, it's there forever. Tattoo, this is who I am. Right? I know you can get it removed, and um, and I believe um, Angelina Jolie is one of her husbands or whatever, you know, had to get it removed once they got divorced. But but Torah says don't tattoo, don't tattoo. You know, you get a bruise, that's one thing. A bruise heals. Joseph got bruised, but he didn't get tattooed, right? What Joseph is saying essentially is, I am not my trauma. I am not. I refuse to be hijacked by it. I will not be hijacked by it. I lived through it, it was bad enough. For it to now occupy me I'm moving on. You know, it's funny. The the, the um, it's, uh, every Jewish family and probably non-Jewish families as well, they all have some quirks with the with the siblings. I don't talk to this one. I don't talk to this one. I don't talk to this one. It's the inability to move on. And you know what? If if you would spend five minutes eating crow and call up your sibling you would live a happier life because you've let it go. Joseph did that with his siblings. His initial reaction was OMG. But then he fed them, he took care of them, eventually brought them down to Egypt. Right? But I know, I know families that haven't spoken to their sibling in 30 years. I, I know children that don't come to their parents' funeral. It's, it's, it's insane. And, and 
I'm not talking about an abusive parent. I'm not talking about a, you know, a, a parent that hits or an alcoholic beats the wife, sexually abusive. I'm, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about a normal parent, but family dynamics, they didn't get along. And so they allowed that argument or arguments or that gripe um, or that trauma to define them the entire life. Joseph said, not me. I will not do it. I'm going to be at the level of Manasha, Nashani. I am going to, I am going to let it go. I'm going to disassociate. It's still a part of me, but I'm not going to let it be me. Right? Didn't have to forget it. He knew darn well what happened. But it was it was it was not not him. It happened to him. That's how Joseph was able to manage manage. He would not let it be him. And, um, you know, he, 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 I think he recognized, he recognized that this is part of the journey of life. You have your ups, you have your downs. There are some people have ups, some people are down. Uh, some people seem luckier than the other. Some people seem un unlucky, um, whatever that is, you know, but, but, but he viewed it as his journey but not as his definition, which is so incredibly powerful to do. And so many, so many husbands or wives, they have a bad day in the office and they come home and they take it out on their spouse. Right? Because they had a bad day, and, it, and you can say it's human, and it is human, and, and, and who hasn't done it? Who hasn't done it? So they take it out on their spouse. They did not leave it at the workplace. So you know what that means? That means you allowed your work to come home with you. Was your boss paying you for that? Are you working right now? No, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, a, a fantastic expression. Um, it says that I've heard, I'm sure you've heard it too, don't let somebody live in your brain rent-free. Right? You think about this person, you're, you're obsessed, you're upset, and you can't get over it. All you're doing is hurting yourself. All you're doing is, is allowing this person to dominate you day and night. Right? If you bring stuff from work, then you've allowed your work to interfere in your sanctum. Mm in your home, right? If you allow this person to bother you, I'm not even talking about work, you allow this person to bother you to the point where you, you lose sleep, then that person's way more powerful than you. Right? So what you have to do is say, okay, I, there's nothing I can do about it now. I'm in a lot of pain, nothing I can do about it now. I have to distract myself, spend time with my family. I'll, if, I'll deal with it tomorrow. And, and not get so caught up that you end up not speaking to a sibling for 30 years. Right? Joseph didn't speak to his siblings for God knows how many years. Um, right? 
that wasn't his fault. Right? So, ironically, but we learn from here is that as soon as he did see his siblings, he worked it out. Of course he was angry. Of course he was upset. But he worked it out, and he moved on. What an incredible lesson. Tomorrow's going to be part two of Ephraim. And, um, and we'll also be able to answer the questions of Jacob um, crossing his hands, etc., etc. If you enjoyed this class, please share it. If you have questions, please ask. If you'd like to see more of the Chai Academy, so it's, it's, it's thechaicenter.com, rabbi. Thechaicenter.com forward slash academy. If you wish to email me, it's rabbi at thechaicenter.com. Be well.